Next, you will hear from school board candidate, Nate Morshis. As always, the Lawrence Talks podcast is brought to you in part thanks to our partners at the University of Kansas and Douglas County CASA. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and online at lawrencetalks.org. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Nate, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for having me, David. This is a pleasure. Uh, so to begin, can you tell us a little bit, tell our audience uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, who you are? Absolutely. My name is Nate Morshis. I'm running for school board this year. Um, I, uh, I do a lot of things in the community. I am a business owner, so I own RPG on Mass Street. Um, that's uh, been a, a, venture, a venture that's... Uh, been really important to my family and really important to taking care of uh, uh, different people in our in our community, particularly our employees. And uh, I also sit on two boards here. I'm on the Lawrence Restaurant Association, uh, as well as Trinity in Home Care. And those have been uh, uh, really great works as well in the different ways we're able to serve. I'm also a registered nurse and I have uh, I've worked in the uh, on the front lines in the emergency department and the ICU over the past year and, and before that as well, but through the whole pandemic. And so uh, I've gotten to see the the virus up close and personal and um, see the way that it's impacted uh, people and, and their families. Well, I'll, I'll talk about my, my children as well. I've got four kids who are in the school system, two of whom are adopted through foster care, and uh, one of whom has uh, special needs. So she she participates in the uh, special education uh, services at uh, Deerfield Elementary. And we've just had a really great um, experience. I know that uh, there are a lot of problems right now with staffing and a lot of problems with administering uh, things like the IEPs. But to be honest, my experience uh, with a special education program in our school district has been incredible. So on on that last point, talking about your kids that are in the in the public school system, what do you think that adds to your perspective and to your decision making if you were to be on the school board mem- uh, member of the school board? Yeah, well, I, you know, I get to have dinner with them almost every night and hear about what their experiences have been in school. And so, from a leadership perspective, uh, I you know have to I would have to make decisions that would impact them. Uh, and knowing what's going on is just hugely important uh, in that regard. So, you know, I hear their struggles. I hear what they like and what they don't like. I hear what their their dreams and their goals are. And, uh, you know, I just want to be supportive. Um, I've said this at a few different forums, but um, I'm really proud of our state motto we have. In fact, I think it's the best state motto uh, in the United States, um, ad astra per aspra, to the stars through perseverance, which I think is incredible. But, um, you know, I very much view my role on the school board um, as doing whatever I can to support the children and support our future leaders as they reach for the stars. And I think about my children, I think about the children in our community, and uh, I'm just optimistic about uh, what they can achieve, what they can do. Great. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned the K Kansas uh, motto and uh, I, I'm from Texas and uh, our motto is just friendship, which is nice, but it's not quite as nice as 
as Kansas. So I, I definitely share that sentiment about uh, Kansas motto being very um, interesting and, and, and inspiring. It's nothing. Uh, it's some, it, it gives you an idea of what sort of legacy uh, Kansans have to live up to. That's exactly right. The legacy, legacy is so huge. There's so much about our history um, that that plays into what is required of us today. You know, as we're trying to to continue the legacy, pass it on to the next generation. You know, we were uh, we were a we took the side in the civil war civil war that um, that prioritized unity in the union uh, over and above those who would try and tear us apart. And, uh, you know, now more than ever, you know, we've got to figure out how to, how to reclaim that unity because communities everywhere are just being torn apart. You know, the pandemic arguably uh, didn't start a lot of uh, social trends, but um, it accelerated things that were already beginning. And so, uh, you know, now we have we have uh, communities that are that are just very divided, and um, we've we've got to live up to our legacy, as you put it. So, with that, what compelled you to run this time around, or what were some of the specific issues or concerns that really motivated your run? So, generally speaking, everything that I do, everything, every every bit of work that I do in my life is all about building community. I mean, my business, our um, mission statement is, is all about building community. Obviously with, with the pandemic, it was kind of tough because we literally say in there, you know, building community through face-to-face interaction, that's tough, you know, but, um, but in general, uh, everything that I do is, is about building community and taking care of the, our neighbors. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also, uh, uh, I didn't mention this earlier. I'm a leader at my church. I'm a network leader. And, uh, you know, we, we do things kind of different. We actually meet in homes and share a meal during our, our, our church meetings. And, um, the purpose of that is so, so that we can invest in our neighborhoods, invest in our communities, invest resources in doing good works in in the lives of those around us. I mean, everything that I do is about community and the school board is no different. Um, if there's, if there's something I can do to enrich the lives of students, to uh, continue to help build up families and and uh, our, our future leaders, you know, that's that's automatically a priority to me. So in general, that is always my motivation. But um, specifically, uh, there there are a handful of things um, on the school board that I that I uh, want to address. One of which is, uh, you know, my oldest son has has uh, really gotten into. He's in seventh grade, and he's he's really gotten into coding and programming and robotics. And this is, you know, this is the type of thing that he just learned on his own. Um, and now that he's getting into seventh grade and going to be soon going into high school, you know, it's it's like he's going to have more opportunities uh, for for tech ed and uh, STEM and STEAM. I know some in some places they're even calling it stream, including R for reading is is what I believe it is, but um, um, at least steam. And, and when I grew up, I, I come from an immigrant family and I, I grew up with nothing. And so when I, when I was growing up, I was told that it's, it's, it's college or homeless. This is, these are your options. And um, 
I think, uh, you know, I'm so, I'm so thankful, uh, to, to have been taught by loving parents who, who raised me well. And, and, and now I get to see the world because of the, the, uh, the sacrifices that they've made. But now, uh, with my children, I want to make sure that they understand that college is not the only option. In fact, depending on your goals, depending on your skills, there, there are better options out there. So four-year universities, yes, that, that's going to be the, the best option for a lot of people. But tech school, apprenticeships, entrepreneurships, these types of things, you know, we have to communicate to our students that these are not lesser options. They might be better. Community college, you know, is a great way to save money and still get high quality education. I'm still convinced that in terms of formal education, Johnson County Community College was my best experience. You know, they taught us about the marketplace and how to actually get jobs and learn skills and um, all these things. So, you know, there's just there's just uh, we, we've got to be able to um, pass this on to our children so that they can be ready to build a li- build lives for themselves. So I, I'd say that's number one. Number two is just coming out of this pandemic. As a nurse, uh, you know, in the emergency department, we have seen the numbers of mental health patients come in. It's it's tripled since about February, and and even more now. I'd say maybe even quadrupled just in my you know personal experiences. So it's anecdotal, sure, but this is what I see with my own eyes. What I mean by mental health patients are people who come in with like suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation, psychosis, um, alcohol, drug detox. Um, I'd even include. Uh, Uh, domestic abuse, because that is an indirect result of someone in the home with mental illness. So, you know, if, if, if you're considering the fact that we have tripled, maybe even quadrupled the number of these patients who are coming in the door um, and, you know, pediatrics is no different. The number of pediatric patients who have come in either attempting or thinking of suicide, it's, it's, it's outrageous. And, uh, We've got a problem because, you know, with the pandemic, social, social um, quarantining, social isolation, those things, you know, they have to happen. They had to happen. Um, but uh, a necessary outcome, or I should say a byproduct of, of what we had to do was that now we've, we've got people struggling um, mentally uh, with, with everything. And so, so mental illness um, is, you know, I'm considering it like a second pandemic. Um, so in the schools, teachers and students need to be taken care of in this regard. The mental health of teachers and students is, is, is one of the main reasons that I'm running as well, because uh, I, I've seen the problem again with my own eyes and we, we've got to do what we can to help. Um, and then finally, the last, the last uh, uh, reason is just because with the bonds ending and the the need for more for higher wages for um, staff uh, in in the district, we've got to figure out how to um, make our budget financially sustainable. And so um, I believe I can offer something in that regard as a business owner, business manager, as well as an entrepreneur. So uh, I think those things are two different things. Um, Business managers need to make sure that the budget the budget is uh, uh, balanced and that, you know, you're, you're making more than you're spending, uh, at least from a business perspective. Um, and then an entrepreneur needs to think creatively, think of new ways to uh, reach out and um, 
and build new streams of revenue to to uh, make the business succeed. Uh, you know, whatever whatever it requires. And uh, you know, I have experience in both of those things. And um, you know, we made the we made the decision early on in the pandemic as a business to pay our employees fifteen dollars an hour at a minimum. I'd seen a a post that one of my employees put up that said, uh, I just made a yogurt last two meals. And I read that and she doesn't even know I read it, but I just thought to myself, there is no way we can continue. Cause if you remember at that time, people were not tipping, people were doing takeout and it's not common that she tip with takeout. So they weren't making that connection. So we, 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 we restructured everything in order to pay them um, higher wages. So they didn't have to rely on unreliable tips. And obviously we're continuing that um, even though people are, are still tipping. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, there, there are, there are things I can offer uh, to the school district in terms of my abilities and uh, my experience to, to help balance our budget, be creative as well as shrewd, um, but uh, still considering what the needs and the desires of the community are as we, as we design a budget. So those three things are really the main, the main uh, uh, reasons why I wanted to run Um but I also believe that, as I was saying earlier, communities are being torn apart right now. They're being divided. And um, I, I generally tend to uh, be something of a centrist in my political views. I've got conservative views. I've got liberal views. Uh, but I think when you add it all up, it's going to be somewhere near the middle that I land. And so I can generally find common ground with every single person that I meet. Um, and... Uh, I really believe that we need unity. We need to get back to uh, respecting our neighbors, understanding that even though there are differences, that we have one common goal here. And that goal is to build up our future leaders, to take care of them and make sure that they can grow up and succeed and, and you know, pass on the American traditions to the next generation. With that sort of uh, message, taking that message uh, into account, for you, uh, Nada, uh, what do you take to be the purpose of education. We'll start there. Yeah. So, you know, the ancient Hebrews had a really unique view about wisdom and development. And, you know, when you look at things like the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Song of Solomon, um, what's can often considered the wisdom literature for Hebrew people, uh, you know, you, you, see, you see a lot about education, but it's not just academics, what you see is a well-rounded approach to the development of a person living well. Um, you know, there are things in there about wisdom, righteousness, work, home life, having a well-ordered home, a good marriage, people skills, leadership, decision-making, good citizenship even. Um, and, and, you know, even keeping a good perspective on life. I mean, Ecclesiastes is kind of like a mind blower in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the perspective on life that, um, that we ought to have. But, you know, all this is to say their, their view on education um, was about spiritual formation, character development, life skill competencies, and of course, academic understanding. And so when, when, we're, when we're talking about school district, we're talking about today's um, 
uh, Department of Education and what we're trying to do as a society um, with our school systems, you know, the academic understanding obviously is uh, is its its primary focus. Hopefully, what's going on is that any individual person is is gaining all this wisdom, the character development, all that good stuff from uh, different people in their lives, families, um, friends, uh, just uh, their their jobs, where, wherever um, they're they're able to pick these things up. But uh, you know, we also are seeing changes in those institutions at large. I mean, for example, uh, uh, you know. In the 21st century, in the United States, we're 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 kind of uh, reassessing what the nature of a family is, and because of that, you know, we we then have to figure out, okay, well, where do where is a child going to get character development and spiritual formation from life skill competencies? Well, I think most people answer that um, by saying, you know, they should be getting all those things from from the school district, and I'd say as much as we can do that, uh, we ought to. We ought to pass on um, these important uh, life development things onto our onto our kids through the school district. But really, um, you know, wisdom is about acquiring all of these important aspects of life and, and becoming better. Live, being able to live well, and the school the school system is 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 a is a big part of that as we become more intelligent uh have a better understanding of the world around us and uh just just able to um function more in society by offering our skills and our abilities to uh help the greater whole great thank you uh, thank you for that Nate so this this next question as construed it, it might uh appear at first kind of kind of simple and when it comes to your role as as a school board member there's certainly, you know, what's outlined in uh, a manual or the job description of a of of a board member, but then there's the sort of unspoken sort of purpose or uh, role that a school uh, a member of the school board might try to fulfill. That's out that maybe lay outside of those of that description of that technical description, and that's sort of what I'm looking at for with uh, looking for in this. Uh, question is uh, beyond this sort of formal description of what a school board member is uh, tasked with doing. What beyond that do you take to be your role as a school school board member? Absolutely. So, you know, there there are non or intangibles or, or things that are unspoken, as you said. You know, first and foremost, you know the 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 need to uh, listen to the voices in the community, um, listen to the voices of the, the staff and administrators, listen to everybody, um, you know, the, the, the process of decision-making, because at the end of the day, the, the manual says, right, the, uh, the school board members um, uh, create policy. But in order to create that policy, there is so much that goes into it. All that listening, consideration of the competing values. Uh, there's there, you know, obviously we've got we've got a lot of competing values right now. And, and we um, we need to listen to be able to know what the community wants and needs. And, you know, um, there's a bit of a. Um, there's a bit of the fact that a school board member right now is um, something of a uh, a leadership symbol uh, in in communities as uh, 
they're trying to sort through the decisions about mask wearing and, you know, things may change yet. Like yesterday with uh, Joe Biden's um, new, new plan for um, COVID mitigation, which is, you know, uh, I suppose it'll take some time to figure out exactly uh, how, what that's going to look like um, in the upcoming weeks and months. But, um, you know, for, for, for right now, you know, as I, as I see the, uh, the need for um, having people in place to, to, to be, you know, either it's hopefully it's a beacon of hope type of thing. But, um, you know, what we're often seeing is, uh, you know, targets of attack. Um, some people need to people need to be able to um, have someone to to voice those concerns to. Uh, I'm not saying that the violence that's occurring around the United States is a good thing or or or, uh, you know, called for in any way. But um, the school school board members need to. Um, hear what the community is saying and consider all viewpoints. Um, because again, as I said earlier, we really are, we all have the same goal and it's to build up our future leaders, our students, our children. And um, there, there's, there's that bit of symbolic leadership. There's the, the listening to the community. Uh, there, there also is, um, you know, just the, the ability to be able to get things done because, you know, with, with any, um, political body, there's the, the chance that bureaucracy is going to slow things down and may, and, and, and create bad decisions simply by the fact that it's bureaucracy, simply by the fact that there's so much over legislation that nothing good can get done. So, you know, there's, there's navigating through the actual, uh, decision-making and, and, and policy passing, um, uh, through navigating through social structures, navigating through, uh, you know, just just the ability to get things done. You know, you hear about people who are movers and shakers. I mean, to an extent, you've just got to be that way um, in any sort of uh, uh, governmental position um, because people are relying on you to to do good and make good decisions. And that's, you know, those those things are uh, not always uh, in the manual. Um, but that's just part of leadership in 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 general too. And as you you mentioned, some of the painful aspects of being part of uh, a, bureau, a bureaucratic body, or at least a body that such as a board where decisions are made by committee, and sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that's pains that takes time and it's painstaking when when sometimes you need to respond quickly to 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 an issue keeping in mind that the dynamic that comes with being on a board how do you generally hope to approach that dynamic and yeah we'll start there how do you how do you hope to approach that general dynamic of being on the board well it's complex i don't think that there's any one single way to uh to to approach it but um there's certainly strategies depending on the situ- the situation uh there'd be a hundred different things you could do but if there's a a vote that is you know pretty well split you know our school board has an odd number of people so there's never going to be a tie unless people abstain but you know there there are ways to to approach those types of situations if you believe that maybe um one of the school board members uh, is just not not seeing this side of things, you know, there, there are ways to bring those into the discussion and, and, and persuade, I mean, rhetoric, um, you know, as, as, as much as rhetoric shouldn't 
define what is most logical. Rhetoric is a good tool um, to to help people um, understand logic, you know. So so being able to speak well, you know, there, as 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 much as possible, you 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 never want to be keeping things behind closed doors or doing things in a shady way. But you know, there are the executive sessions where the school board announces to the public that this will be private. This is where we'll discuss things in private. And in those meetings, you know, you can you can have those kinds of conversations which uh which which help to persuade and in, in in what you what you believe is best based on what you're hearing from the community and ways you can navigate through the social social situations um additionally you know bringing in other resources is is another way to um to help accomplish the things you want to accomplish so for example you know the city has just decided to decrease or end the funding and i think it's decreased funding to for the rap program that we have which are the mental health practitioners who are in the school system uh helping helping students on a day-to-day basis and so that program itself has waxed and waned over the years in terms of amount of funding and how many practitioners they can have in there at one time just because of of funding Um, but uh with this decrease in funding that's coming down the pipeline you know there's there's a there's a conversation happening now about, okay, well, you know, does this mean we just decrease the rap program? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for keeping it where it's at. My, my hope when we first started the campaign was that I'd be able to increase uh, the program and, 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 and make it more robust. Um, but it seems like the fight, at least for the um, short-term future is going to be to keep it uh, at, at where it's at. And so, you know, there, there may be ways to, uh, go after, go after community resources that, that could help in that regard. So the goal is to, to keep the RAP program as robust as it is. And, um, there, there are, are ways people we might reach out to, um, uh, perhaps, um, you know, different ways we can find funding that would make that possible. And so it's, it's just, it's, it takes creativity as well. Um, and, and, and resourcefulness, um, when you're, when you're trying to accomplish something, um, on a committee like this. This next question has to do with the, the approach that public schools have tended to have in developing within students, the ability or capacity to think critically. Drawing from your own experience, how do you think that uh, public schools are doing, first of all, towards this end? And do you think they could be doing more? Well, it's hard to it's hard to make a blanket statement. But what I can say is my experience was, you know, I really didn't learn how to think um, until I was out of college. (laughs) I'd say I'd say uh, my experience in in college um, before again, before going to Johnson County Community College, because I went back to school. For that. But um, when I was done uh, in college uh, and I entered the real, real world, I was, you know, I got married young, had kids young, and um, I had to deal with complex problems for the first time in my life. And, um, you know, I think that while I gained so much from my experiences um, growing up and with, with secondary education, post-secondary education, uh, there's a lot that I gained. There's a lot I'm grateful for. So I don't want to discount that. But I did not really learn how to think critically um, until I had to solve problems in the real world. Um, we could do more. 
we should do more. And, um, you know, that, that brings up a good point. When I was talking earlier about, um, the, the purpose of education, uh, when I said academic understanding, uh, really, really the, the critical thinking piece is, um, is like the primary component of that, you know, and I didn't word it that way, but now that you say that, it's, it's just like, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. You know, it was in nursing school um, at Johnson County um, Community College where, where we were, we were taught to, to think critically. And then again, as I'm, as, as I said earlier, I was dealing with complex problems in real life. Um, but uh, uh, to, to take, to take, um, what's being taught, uh, you know, in, in my case, scientifically, and to, uh, to, to um, critique it in a way which, which challenges, you know, scientific method of the uh, experiment or whatever we're reading, um, uh, other current research, um, you know, other, other authorities on the subject matter, you know, <clears throat> you can you take all these things into consideration and form an opinion without just being told what to believe. And, uh, you know, I, I actually, I think this is, so to answer your question directly, yes, um, we can do more in the high schools for this. Um, and to, to, to talk about this as it impacts my life now, I, I actually, um, I feel like there. Uh, I've, I've been frustrated during my campaign because um, in most of my life, uh, in areas of leadership, I've, I've got a lot of experience. I've accomplished things. I've been able to get things done. Um, and so my my leadership competencies are are the exact things I want to offer in terms of the school board. But there's a big difference between governing and campaigning. And what I found is that the campaigning process does not leave a lot of room for critical thinking. Uh, I found that, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty centrist in my political views and um, particularly with the things that don't even, don't even matter to school boards. I'll, I'll, I'll avoid naming which political issues I'm talking about, but things that don't even have anything to do with school board or, or, or school district, um, people have identified and said, okay, well, he's got this view that I don't like that doesn't fit in my political, uh, uh, you know, agenda box or my political party's box, I should say. So, um, you know, we don't like him. You know, I, I feel like there's been, uh, it's been really difficult because it's not just individual community members, it's groups and it's, um, you know, uh, the forums as well. Um, there's there's a lack of critical thinking. There's not consideration necessarily, and in most cases, towards you know uh, character, towards leadership competencies, ability, the ability to actually govern. Just whether or not this person can do good for the community. Instead, it's checklists. You know, there are checklists uh, where you 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 either meet you you are on the same side of these issues as as people or not. And if you're not, you're not a good candidate. Like I said, being someone who's in the center, uh, I can find common ground with just about anybody. And, you know, you would think that that would translate to a campaign. But um, 
everyone. So as much as I have common ground with everyone, there usually almost always is at least one thing that someone doesn't like about a political position that I have. And because of that one thing, uh, you know, um, they, I lose support. That's part of the, just the two party system and just how it, how it is. And it's unfortunate, but it doesn't change the fact that a lack of critical thinking is, is really making campaigning process much worse than it could be. And I'm not even saying that everybody ought to support me. I do think I can do good. The process of campaigning just really makes it difficult um, when there's not critical thinking being done. They're, they're, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to weed out candidates who are not on one side or the other. And it's just going to re it's continuing to reinforce the groupthink, the uh, the the not critical thinking way that we do things. Given the number of years you spent in Lawrence and provided that running for office is in part about your ability to reflect the values of the community. What do you take to be or what values do you take to be strongly held by the Lawrence community specifically about education? Well, what we're seeing right now on the campaign trail is that um, the people's values uh, are are um, controversial when it comes to um, COVID mitigation strategies. Um, pretty pretty well split, but this is like this is constant conversation that's happening. It can be one way or the other about how how, how you feel about masks or vaccines or whatever. Um, but that's absolutely. Um, a value that's being discussed. It's important to people right now. Uh, I, I, I believe that the, um, the staff wages is also a very big deal. This is something that people are very, very passionate about. People are frustrated with uh, how, the, how the district is, has handled uh, wages. I do believe that mental health is, uh, is something that has historically been um, an important issue for our community, and I believe continues to be. Um, it's, it's not quite on the forefront of the uh, largest discussions right now with the school board, but um, I do believe that this is this is something people are passionate about: is the mental mental well being of our teachers and students. Uh, you know, those three those three issues um, I'd say are 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 some of the biggest things that people mo- want to talk about most. And the budget, the budget also. Um, people, people are, people are concerned. They're they're upset about how uh, the the district has decided to spend uh, or not spend on certain things. It also is the fact that the bonds are ending, and um, there aren't a lot of resources right now. And we've we've depleted our our reserve fund, and um, we now have to figure out how to be resourceful. Uh, I think I believe people um, know that that's the case, and then it becomes uh, a matter of competing values when you determine in the budget where money is actually going to be spent um, because, you know, budget is a budget is, uh, contains value statements in the, in it, you know? So. What sort of things or questions or, or uh, ways do you like to think about, about well-being? Well, I've so far talked about uh, well-being in, in terms of mental well-being, but uh, well-being in general is, is much more, comprehensive it's holistic and so some of the things that we do already as a district is to provide food uh, for for uh, students who you know 
may not have access to food outside of school or at least very little. And so there, um, just before I got onto the Lawrence Restaurant Association, um, the, 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 the organization actually put together a bunch of restaurants and participated with the school district um, in, in providing uh, meals because um, like during the summer and everything, there, there are free meals available for, for, for students. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really great way to help make sure that people are getting the calories that they need, that the students are getting the calories that they need in order to be healthy. So that's one aspect, you know, I, I, in terms of, of mental well-being, um, you know, we certainly need to improve the, uh, uh, the RAP program, um, make, it, make it more robust as much as we can, depending on funding. Um, but uh, when I was talking with Bert Nash about the RAP program, uh, what they had mentioned to me was that they have they felt like they have done a great job reaching to reaching out to students, taking care of students. But uh, what they how they wanted to expand was to actually work on providing these services to families, entire households. And I think that's incredible um, to be able to uh, have access in a way which is accepted by the um, by the recipients of the services. Um, but it, you know, if it's accepted, then suddenly you can do, you can, you can start breaking systems. If you're, you know, like, like problematic systems in a child's life, if you're able to really help the family, the household. And, um, you know, I, I really believe that that's, uh, that's going to be a, a really um, great thing. You know, the, well-being in general it just it just includes everything going on in the community as well you know obviously i am uh, a leader at my church i believe that um, spiritual formation is very much a part of uh, a person's well-being and um, as 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 many uh, uh, spiritual resources as there are out in the community you know, i believe people ought to get involved and explore and and really see um you know what what they and their their family needs um in that regard and uh, i don't know exactly how a school district could be involved in that regard um because you know that's that's sort of a a touchy thing when we need to start talking about religion but um, I, I do believe that a, a person's a person's worldview and understanding about their own identity um, is very much related to to uh, their spirituality and 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 their God. So um, uh, again, I'm not sure exactly how I could uh, implement anything like that in the school. And I'm not saying I'm going to even try to, but um, uh, you know, th these are all parts of of a person's well being, physical needs, you know, mental needs, spiritual needs. Um, well-being you know I've, I've talked about character development as well and i believe that our teachers do a great job of passing those things on um that's part of that's part of well-being to you know proper development understanding how to live well um and and live with integrity and the dignity that we all inherently have this next question nate it has to do with a sort of broader discussion about how politics and elections specifically are done in Lawrence and in Doug Douglas County. Given the, some of the sort of concerns that the community has about representation within our power structures, such as the school board, do you think it is worth for the school board to, as the city commission is doing, to consider moving to a district-based election system? 
Yeah, I do. I do think it's, I mean, I, really, I think anything's looking into, you know, I mean, uh, um, any, any, anything that the community, any idea the community produces uh, is worth looking into at the very least with, uh, with the question of districts in particular, um, you know, one of the, one of the arguments against this idea uh, at the city commission level is that there aren't going to be enough candidates that um, with the with the number of districts we're proposing in order to actually get quality candidates in office, each district would have to produce a, a certain number of of candidates who would run. And, um, uh, you know, there just aren't enough of them. I mean, you know, less than 10 and I have run in 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 all the uh, in all the uh, uh elections I can remember just off the top of my head. Uh, but if we're talking about five districts in the city of Lawrence, that would mean that you know, we'd have to have enough candidates in every district in order to actually not just have the first, the, if the first person is the only person who, uh, you know, runs, they get the job. Um, that's, that's not a good way to uh, make sure that the best candidates are put into place. Um, so, you know, with with the school district and if, if the school district was broken into further districts for for representation, I, I absolutely um, I absolutely agree with the idea that the different neighborhoods ought to have a voice in a very spe in very special ways. Um, and, you know, I just hope that we could have enough candidates as well to, to be able to do that. Now, that wouldn't have been a problem this this election because there were 12 of us to, to start. So, you know, that, that probably wouldn't have been a problem. I, I don't know uh, off the top of my head where everybody lives. Um, what And if, if we were all spread out enough that it would have actually represented like, you know, districts um, and we would have been representative of all the districts. But uh, um your question is, is it worth looking into? I absolutely think it's worth looking into. If a community has an idea, it's, we got it. We should look into it, you know, use our critical thinking. Final question of, of our time here is more of, more of a sort of uh, summary and uh, giving you the last word here. Uh, what do you hope that listeners take away from our conversation today? I hope that listeners take away from my conversation with you, David, that there's more at stake than, than um, you know, the, the party line. There's more at stake right now uh, than, than making sure that, uh, you know, even though this is a nonpartisan election, there's certainly um, partisan sentiments um, throughout that, that this isn't about that. Um, and I don't, I'm not even trying to say this in order for the audience to vote for me. It, you know, that's, that's not my point at all. We, we are, we are at something of a breaking point in our community as well as around the United States with the divide between um, political parties. And if, if we care about our community, if we care about our children, we care about the future of, of our families and passing on, uh, you know, our, our values. 
we have to, we have to reclaim unity. We have to figure out how to find common ground with our neighbors and we have to come together. Um, if we continue, if we continue to, uh, to fight, if we continue to, uh, you know, say conversations over, they've chosen their side and, you know, I'm done with them. If we continue to do that, uh, you know, we might, we might live our lives and, and uh, everything will be okay. But our children are the ones who are going to suffer. The one they're going to have to deal with our problems, with our inability to reconcile as a community. So again, I am really not even trying to say vote for me. I am just trying to say, we, we have to come together as a community. We, we're, we are in danger if we do not. I mean, things just continue, continue. We, we get separated more and more as, as the pandemic rolls on. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got loud voices on the extremes of either side um, saying that it's us versus them. And this is, this is a dangerous direction for our society and for our little community here in Lawrence. So please, please love your neighbor. Please work towards understanding. And remember, we've got, we've got the same goal here. Well, Nate, uh, thank you for that. And thank you so much for joining me on the show today and to having this conversation about you and your candidacy for the school board. I appreciate the time, David. Thank you.